Life is a blank canvas and you paint your own story. I'm Lee Rogers and welcome to The Blank Canvas. I'm going to be chatting with the trailblazers, artists, thought leaders, athletes, the entrepreneurs and creators, incredible individuals who inspire us to live large. You may have heard of the best-selling book, Penguin Bloom, or the movie based on the book starring Naomi Watts. Well, my guest this week is Sam Bloom, the woman whose story is told in the book and the film. This is no ordinary tale, and Sam is no ordinary woman. For those not familiar with Sam's story, here it is in a nutshell. A shy but sporty tomboy became a nurse and lived to travel to far-flung and adventurous places. She fell in love with a like-minded free spirit, Cam Bloom, a professional photographer. They raised three boys and built a life on Sydney's northern beaches. And then, while on holiday in Thailand, in a single horrific moment, a decayed balcony gives way and Sam suffers a near-fatal fall that leaves her paralysed from the chest down and deeply depressed. Now living back in Sydney but struggling to cope, into Sam's life comes Penguin, an injured magpie chick abandoned after she fell from her nest. The necessity to care for Penguin, a living creature more fragile than herself, somehow lifts Sam out of her black hole and together they find a way out of the overwhelming adversity. Sam's husband Cam photographs the whole journey He starts posting some pics on an Instagram account they created, Penguin the Magpie. Interest in the story explodes, media ensues, a book is written and released, it becomes an international bestseller and phenomenon. With Sam's renewed sense of purpose and strength, she takes up competitive canoeing, eventually placing 13th in the world and winning two Australian titles, and then a return to surfing. In 2018, Sam was selected as a member of the Australian Adaptive Surf Team and has since won gold for Australia at both the 2019 and 2020 World Para Surfing Championships. Meanwhile, a producer, Emma Cooper, reads the book, brings on board her mate, Emmy-winning producer, Bruna Papandrea, Academy Award nominee, Naomi Watts is on board next. And here we are now. The movie's a big hit. It's heading towards eight maybe 10 million at the Aussie box office, and it's also available in select territories for streaming on Netflix. It's a wonderful and deeply moving film. I found myself pondering life, death, and everything in between. It's a confronting journey, but certainly uplifting and inspiring. Sam's a no-bullshit character, quick to laugh, gutsy to the core, and makes me proud to be an Aussie. Please welcome to the blank canvas, Sam Bloom. morning. Good morning. Lovely to be here. No, thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. It's quite surreal because I didn't realise that your house was the house in the movie, Penguin Bloom. Yeah, yeah. the director wanted to film it here. I think actually he loved the light and I don't know, maybe he wanted it to be authentic. I'd say for sure. And it did contribute to making it authentic. And I think it was just like lucky for him that it's a brilliant house, pretty high ceilings, like you said, gorgeous light. 
looking for locations and finding the right location for a movie is often a really difficult thing to do. So you must yeah. have just thought he'd won the lottery when you came <laughs> here and went, oh, wow. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they did change it a lot, though. They actually came in and removed everything and then they put, like, wooden ceilings in and curtains up and painted it a bit darker, I guess just to set the mood. Oh, it's perfect. So. And I also, I love the roof where you, the boys could yeah, go yeah. up there yeah. and all of that. I mean, it just worked really well, didn't yep, it? Yeah, yeah. There was a sort of few parallels that made it quite personal for me watching the movie. I grew up on the northern beaches. Oh, did you? Collaroy when I was really little. Oh, cool. I'm one of three boys. <laughs> we were a surf mad family. Dad surfed and we all surfed. So I've surfed kind of up and down the northern beaches yeah. through my youth. Mum was a nurse. No way. Yep. <laughs> Mum and Dad were flight crew for Qantas in the early days, so they travelled all over the world. Oh, wow. They, they in fact met on the tarmac of Karachi in Pakistan. No way. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. So there's all that travel. So it was kind of like it felt really familiar to me, the, the whole location. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And I've got to say the movie was absolutely beautiful. Thank it, you. When I first heard about it, because I knew quite a few of the people involved, Yeah. I was like, okay, it could be one of those cheesy Hallmark kind of movies that's mm -hmm. a tearjerker and, you know, sort of TV movies. Yeah. Once I heard who was directing it, I know of Glendon and I know his work. You, you sort of won the lottery really with the team, didn't you? Oh, 100%. Emma Cooper, Bruna Papandrea. Naomi. Naomi. Yeah, and so they delivered just a subtle cinematic experience that was so authentic and so beautiful, wasn't it? Told your story in a very real, heartbreaking yeah. but ultimately uplifting way. Yeah, I agree. We were so lucky with like, the cast and crew. Like, everyone was so lovely. It was like a big family. Everyone got on and we totally trusted them. And I'm sort of stoked because I remember when they first optioned the book, and I remember saying, like, all I want is I want the film to be real and honest and not Hollywooded, which they did. And they, they yeah, I'm so thankful that they did keep it real, like you said. Yeah, they totally did. Another kind of thing that made it a bit trippy for me is <laughs> Naomi and I used to live together. No way. We were in our late teens. Oh, how funny. Boyfriend, girlfriend. So I was kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's sort of in a weird way, we've slept together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That is kind of weird. That's kind of weird, isn't it? So yeah, maybe too weird. Sorry about that. We've only just started. And look where we've gone. Yeah. Isn't she fabulous? Yes. What she is amazing. Yeah. Lovely person. Just so real, so unaffected as yeah. a sort of Hollywood, you know, big Hollywood star. Yeah. She no, is I so down to earth and real, isn't yep, she? Yep. Thank God. I mean, I remember the first time we met and I just had this instant connection. I thought, geez, I really like you. Like, yeah, like you said, she's so down to earth. She's just like a normal chick. Yeah. You know? And she's not like the whole movie star, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm amazing. Like, you know, like, not like a princess. No. She's extraordinary. And I have, yeah, so much respect for her. She's amazing. Yeah. And she has a big heart. She's very compassionate. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And did you meet her early on in the piece? Mm. Was she was already on board before you met her or how did that all come about? Um, yeah, we would have been emailing before we actually met. Right. And then Naomi came in November, maybe 2017. Yeah, just for an event. And yeah. then we met then. And then obviously we met when she came here. Yeah. But, right. you know, we were in contact and she wanted me to send her videos of like, um, sounds strange, but like me transferring. Like, you know, for example, from the bed to the wheelchair, just so she could sort of, I guess, 
understand like what's involved and so yeah, yeah no she she's amazing yeah that makes sense and tell me, I'll, I'll kind of come back to it in a bit more detail later, but the beginning was it, did Bruna find the book or did Emma find the book, who was another producer for, for the audience? Um, Emma. Okay. Yeah, it was Emma who um, ended up giving the book to Naomi because they're like really good friends. Yeah. And I think um, Naomi being a mum, it really resonated with her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think she decided kind of then and there. But, yeah, let's make this into a film. Yeah, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, Emma's another big-hearted uh, person, isn't she? She, she was is. at our wedding. Really? Um, Kate and my wedding. Oh, my God. Emma, yeah, she handled the publicity and the media when Kate, my wife, and I got married. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Mate, Emma has been a legend. Honestly, she's worked her butt off. Yeah. Like, she actually blows me away how hard she works. And Yeah. yeah we kind of couldn't have done it without Em. No, no, she is a total legend. Well, in fact, she's been listening to my podcast and sent me an email saying, hey, um, would, you, would you like to do a podcast with Sam? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. Wow, isn't that amazing? So with the, the, the whole process of the film, it must have been, you know, pretty surreal. Yeah. I know you, you mentioned it was, it was like a family, which is great. Not every experience of film crews in your house is a good one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of people, isn't there, and yeah. can be pretty trying at times. How did that process go? Did the family move out for the time? And how did that how did you yeah. <laughs> deal with that? Yeah, no, they did. They moved us out and put us up in a big fancy pants house, which was kind of nice. Nice. I would come on set a lot and like when they started filming, um, yeah, she'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. And so she's like, can you please come on set? So I spent a lot of time on set, which was fantastic. I mean, I've never seen a film being made before. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, you know, if Naomi did have to do a scene where she was transferring or getting dressed, she'd want me there just to watch, just to make sure I looked authentic. And, you know, yeah. I'd be like, no, you've got to slow it down or, you know, try and switch your abs off. <laughs> Yeah, kind of just, you know, look a bit floppy or whatever. So, yeah, I was really grateful for her to, like, kind of include me, which I thought was really lovely of her. Yeah. And it's funny because um, Andy, who played Cam, didn't want Cam on set at all. Right. Not when he was acting, which I totally get. Yeah. If I was playing someone, I personally wouldn't want them watching me because it would be, like, so nerve-wracking. But, yeah, Naomi didn't mind at all. Yeah, I agree. So it was really cool. that's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's... A, another trippy thing for me. Um, sorry, there's Uh-oh, a few of them. For it. There's, there's a few of them. I made a movie which is semi-autobiographical. Yeah. I directed it, and I play the lead character in the movie. It's called what D- is it? Dust Off the Wings, and it was made in the late nineties. Yeah. Set, set in Bondi, like in that sort of surf Bondi scene. Yeah. And Kate is the lead female, and oh, no she way. she plays the bridesmaid, and I play the guy getting married. Yeah. But I remember. Um, you know, it got released in cinemas all over the country and we went to Cannes with it and, you know, oh, wow. it sold all over the world. But I remember it being incredibly uncomfortable and surreal watching the movie, sitting, you know, sitting there watching the film. When I was making the film, it wasn't uncomfortable because I had a really specific purpose yeah. to tell that story and I was yeah. doing all that. But being the audience member, sitting there with other audiences was incredibly difficult you mean watching yourself watching myself oh yeah that would be so awkward yeah so how was that experience for you going and watching the finished film yeah it was very surreal it's just weird thinking wow Naomi's playing me because I'm just me like you know just nothing special just we're just a normal family so yeah it was extremely surreal 
were you able to enjoy it or I oh, guess yeah. there was there was pride yeah of I, course of course I loved it and I actually I thought Naomi was extraordinary yeah like to me she just like completely I don't know, just her expressions and stuff like she sort of showed how frustrated I was and how how sad and angry and yeah. you know and the guilt it just came across in her expressions yeah. you know because I'm like a pretty shy person and I don't go around screaming and carrying on like a you know like a crazy one like you know Naomi didn't talk much and it was just the look. Even Cam and my sister goes, oh, my God, she nailed the look. Yeah. I was like, yep. Yeah, it's pretty. She really did. Yeah. How's that moment where the bird penguin flies off? There oh, at the yeah. End, that, that, the, the reaction on Naomi there was yep. incredible. No, I know. There's a few scenes in it which I do find pretty confronting. The one that always gets me is when um, the kids were sick yeah. because that really happened and that's so, so I felt so awful. Because it was one night when Ollie was sick, our, like our youngest, yeah. and he was calling out for Cam and not me. Yeah. You know, normally I'm being the mum. It was like it was my job, my yeah. job to you know jump up and, yeah. and help him. Yeah, and I do remember calling out to Cam. You know, Cam, Cam, like you know what's happening. You know, because I couldn't obviously get up and, and go and see. Yeah, and I just remember lying there crying. Just felt like the worst mum in the world. That'd be just, that'd be rough, isn't it? It was so rough. God, it was. I felt so guilty. I can imagine yeah. as a nurse, it's just deeply yeah. ingrained in you to help exactly. others. Exactly, that's you, my it's, job. It's your purpose in life. Uh-huh. I'd probably yeah, have no, to it say. is. It is. And so to to be unable to do that, to yeah, lose it must that. have been it was, so rough. It was. It was super heartbreaking. Yeah. And so I think in that scene in the film, Naomi nailed it. And I love the fact, like she said, you know, what am I if I'm not a mum? Yeah. And she said, I hate this. Yeah. I was like, yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know, no one has ever really said that. I mean, I've said it heaps. Like you know, I hate being, I hate being like this. Yeah. And yeah, and the fact that Naomi said that, I was pretty stoked. Wow, wow, it was very powerful. Yeah. Something that um, became really clear to me watching the movie is what happened. Is you know, the bird was injured, and you had a another problem, someone you had to care for, and, yeah. it, and it took your attention off you mm-hmm. and onto the bird, yeah. and you kind of rehabilitated each other yeah. um, with having to take responsibility for each other. Yeah. I thought that was so beautifully told without saying it, just yes. with the visual language and the visual storytelling, how you helped each other. And I think there's that's sort of one of the great lessons in the movie that's delivered in a subtle way that um, gives someone a bigger problem than their own problem Uh and it sort of forces you, you, the attention off yourself and onto another. Yeah. And I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, it's true. Like 100%. Like, you know, because obviously when I did come home from hospital, yeah, I was kind of not feeling, well, kind of feeling sorry for myself in a weird way, you know. And there was all the focus was on me. And when we did find Penguin, I love that because, like you said, all the focus shifted from me to her, which it was fantastic. Yeah. And I did. I had to put my energy into her. I had to think about her and not myself all the time because she was so vulnerable and needed my help. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was perfect. Incredible. It reminds me of a song um, my wife wrote that's called Sympathy. Right. And the, the line in the song is, your sympathy destroys me. It's a very powerful song. Huh. 
and that concept of you don't want people's pity, you don't no. want their sympathy, no, just no. treat me like a person. I'm a person. Yeah, exactly. yeah my legs aren't working right now, but hey, yeah. I, me, the being, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. And that was another thing that was powerfully communicated in the film for me that made me think, okay, you just treat people as beings, as people, yeah. no matter colour, race, creed, whatever. Totally. No, that's true because, yeah, I did. Even my friend Mandy, who is my trainer, I remember we had like a fundraiser at our house to raise money for – It's for it was for a local community. Like It's called Mums for Mums and they, right. they helped us out. And we had a fundraiser here and Mandy's like, oh, my God, everyone just gives you that look like you're dying or like you're dead. I'm like, I know. And it is. It's that look of pity and I hate that. Yeah. And it's kind of, that's why, um, like Gay, my kayak coach, Yeah. that's why I just loved her so much because she never gave me that pity look. She'd bag me out. She'd, uh, you know, she was awesome. She treated me like a normal person. And that's, I don't know, she, she's like Rachel House who plays Gay yeah. in the film. Yeah. Man, they're so similar. What great casting. Oh, gosh. That, Incredible. That, that was so cool. Was she similar to that person? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Well, Gay's a Kiwi as well. Okay. And she's like, you know, she says it how it is. She's tough, but she's got a massive heart and she's funny and she's just a legend. So, yeah, Rachel was absolutely perfect. Wow. Really powerful scene. The one obviously asking you to tip over in the, in <laughs> yeah. the canoe. That was beautiful. Beautiful the way it was filmed. Yeah. And, yeah, that was intense. Yeah. Actually, my favourite scene, one of my favourite scenes of like when Gay and I, yeah, Rachel and Naomi yeah. were in the water and they were singing Creep. Yeah. I loved that scene. Yeah. It always makes me want to cry. Yeah. Because it's so powerful and you can just see the connection like, that we had, like this insane friendship. Man, Gay would do anything and she's, yeah, she's just the most amazing person and you can, can kind of see that. Yeah, absolutely. In the film. Wow. Wow, the, the, the strength of, obviously, you know, you're strong, but mm. the strength of Cam and some of these people around you that yes. helped you and your kids yeah. was like, wow. I know, right? It's, it's amazing yep. what people, what human beings uh -huh. have within them yep. when, when pushed. Yeah. It's like, wow. I know. I think, I mean, that's why everybody kind of drives me a bit nuts. Like everyone goes to me, oh, my God, you're so inspirational. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like... Cam, Cam the boys and people like Gay are the inspirational ones because, you know, they put it all on the line. They do everything for me and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So they're the inspiring ones. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I think the one thing I have learnt from this accident is that there are a lot of kind people in the world. Yeah, I, you know? I, really, I really like that. I, I hadn't read your books before seeing the movie, but reading your books over the last week or two... I got that message loud and clear in there. Like really? you, you, and you actually say it, not in those exact words yeah. in there, that, you know, there's a lot of kind people in the world mm. and that if you turn off the media for a little while, I mean, we're on a media <laughs> platform <laughs> here, but this is a little alternative one. But if you put your attention on the good and the majority of the people, they're good people exactly. and they're doing the right thing and they're looking after their family, they're uh -huh. doing this. When you watch the nightly news, obviously, you know, you hear about the extreme things, yeah. the murders, yes. the this, the that, and you, it can have you thinking, oh, my God, it's a dangerous place. Yeah. I can't walk out my front door, yeah, nah. you know, and it's just not like that. Nah. You've, you've travelled all over the world. I've travelled a lot as well and, you know, yeah. almost every place you go, you, yeah. you meet these incredible Amazing people. Amazing people. I've worked a lot in Asia 
Indonesia, Pakistan, Thailand, um, Dubai, wow. you know, I've worked and, you know, all over those regions. Yeah. And a lot of them are places where before you go, you know, you look at the government website and it says, yeah. oh, don't travel there, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, security alert and this and that. And you go there and you make these priceless friendships yeah. and these people that more often than not have far less than um, mm-hmm. than we do and they're the yep. most generous. Absolutely. That's what we've discovered. Like, you know, when Cam and I first went travelling, you know, like through the Middle East and Africa and, yeah, it is. It's the people with the least are the most hospitable and, yeah, and the most generous. They'll invite you into your house and feed you and, you know, they're just beautiful. Yeah. And that, that's, what made, that's what I love about travelling. Yeah. It's just meeting, like, these amazing people. Yeah. That's the best thing. Totally agree. Well, hopefully some cam <laughs> is, is bringing people over here to, to, to meet you. So hopefully you're still meeting some um, interesting people without having to um, go through the ordeal of flying yes. right now. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's not as much fun flying and travelling as it used to no, be. No, no, so, that's true. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, something funny talking of, well, talking to people, I love the line from your mum, listen to, uh, about saying to you, why don't you listen to one of those podcast thingies? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Say, shut up, mum. <laughs> oh, that was classic. And anyway, and here you are, you're probably doing lots of podcasts now because it's, you know, something that is being done in 2020 and probably doing a lot of Zoom interviews and things like that yes, around the world, yes. are you? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And virtual talks. Yeah. That's so weird. It is. Yeah. As in a keynote speech or yeah, something, but yeah. for the virtual ones, uh-huh. yeah. Like the first one I did, I was just like, oh, it's just so weird just talking to my laptop. Yeah. And you don't get the feedback. No, it's a bit disconcerting, isn't oh, it? it? Is. And it, when you, I don't like seeing my face no, on those things. Uh-uh. I'm like, oh. No, I don't look yeah. at myself. I just yeah. kind of look at the dot or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Something else that came across to me watching the movie is. I guess it gets you thinking about this spiritual nature of yourself, potentially others, life. You think of your mortality. Um, you think of okay, well, my legs aren't working, but hey, me as a as a being, I'm still here. Was that something that you pondered much? Those big sort of spiritual questions, or was it just mm. more a, a like day to day? I got to get from here to there. I've got to do this. We've got to look after the kids and. All of that. You mean after the accident? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but to be honest, like after the accident, I actually wish I'd died. I remember saying that to Cam a few times. Yeah. Especially I... when we're in Bangkok. And I don't, I don't actually even remember thinking, oh, my God, I won't walk again. Because the Thai doctors, like, you know how lovely the Thai people are. Yeah. Well, the Thai doctor never said I was actually paralysed. Yeah. He just sort of, he said, oh, are you suffering from spinal shock? And, you know, maybe in about six weeks it'll kind of get better. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. But then something must have clicked because I remember in Bangkok specifically saying, I wish I'd died to Cam. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I did struggle with it. I, and I'm not one of those people, like, I've met people who are like, oh, well, when it's like the anniversary of their accident, like, happy to be alive day or whatever. I don't know if they call it something. Yeah. I'm kind of not like that. No. No. Yeah. I, no, I, I got you. Oh, God. I don't I, know. I, I can... I mean, well, it must have been rough. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, like, you know, this is my – it's weird because, um, yeah, spinal has always been my worst nightmare. 
I remember um, when I was nursing and I used to work just on a casual pool at Ride Rehab, which is funnily enough where I was, and um, I'd get sent up to the spinal um, unit a bit just to help out, like at lunchtime. And, you know, and I remember saying to the when I had the kids, you know, don't catch shore dumps, don't do this, don't do that, you don't want to end up in a wheelchair. Oh, you're kidding. No, I remember specifically oh. saying that. Oh. I know, because I, I was always so active, you know, like kind of sport was my thing. Yeah. You know, I was never an academic. Not that I was an amazing sports person, but that's what, that was my happy thing, like going surfing and sitting off the rocks at North Bogola. Yeah. That was my happy place. Or going mountain biking up in the uh, at the National Park yeah. and just going all the way to the end, sitting on a rock with no one around. Not that I'm religious as such, but that was like my little church. Yeah, yeah. And I miss that because that, that was what made me happy. Yeah. And to have that taken away was really hard. Yeah, no, that's. So I think that's why I struggled. Oh, I can understand that totally. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking rough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I but... don't know. It's your podcast, man. <laughs> I won't swear. No, well, but it's, 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 it's appropriate. It, it's so appropriate. Oh, my God. Yeah. It did. It sucks. Yeah. And I, and I hate, I think what I struggle with is losing control. Not that I was a controlling person, but I was like, yeah, I like my independence. I like doing things on my own and kind of having control. But now it's like I don't have control. I don't really have control of like a situation. don't have control of my body because it yep. stupid thing doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, things like that and losing my independence. No, that makes That's sense. tough. Yeah, that is tough. It's amazing, isn't it? Because I see you three boys and they're like, you know, bouncing off the rafters, mm. jumping off the, the <laughs> rooftop, re- reminded me of me growing up as one of three boys and thinking it's a miracle we actually survived like childhood in those teenage years. Yeah. And then, you know, what ends up happening is the most unlikely of all the adventurous places you went and all I of the know. wild things you did. I know. It's like going to the snow and and you know for a week and breaking a leg in the bar or something yes you know yeah. it's like what i know it's like i know so it was so weird but you know what like the weirdest thing is i remember when we first flew into phuket and we stayed in this kind of crappy hotel which was cool and i remember going out onto the balcony with ollie who was who's seven at the time and i pushed on the the, the railing how weird's that what? i remember that i remember that so Vividly, I kind of tested it because he, because he was kind of, you know, wanting to climb up. Yeah, and then, and I bloody lent on the stupid railing in Bank Japan. So I'm kind of angry at myself. I'm like, who does that? Who goes up to a railing? He just leans on it. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah, right. Like I wish I'd even lent on it like front on. Yeah, then I right. could have put my arms out and yeah, I didn't gotcha. broken every other bone yeah, in yeah. my body, but not my back. Gotcha. It's weird. Was there any kind of uh, like? upset or anything that happened prior to that that you sort of had your attention on or I have no idea no 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 we had a nice morning when we'd been swimming and um we had a juice so that's why we went up onto that onto the rooftop to drink our juice but I don't remember I actually don't even remember walking up the stairs yeah but no 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 we were having fun yeah wow yeah we were gonna um hire bikes and ride up to a fishing village Wow. And I do remember thinking, oh, my God, I was going to just double Ollie. Then I'm thinking, oh, I hope his legs don't get caught in the wheels. And, you know, all those stupid things. Like, yeah, so no, we had a lot. It was a nice morning. Wow. It was just me being maybe a bit too relaxed. I don't know. Lent on the railing. Wow. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I'm glad it was me though. I'm glad it was me and not the kids. Yeah, well, or Cam, that would have been awful. Right. Wow. Well, took one for the team, mate. Took one from the team. That's 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 right. I mean, your kids are awesome, aren't they? Yeah, they're good kids. Um, yeah. And Cam obviously is like Superman. What he's a, like Superman. What, I what know. A, what a legend. I know. Um, how are the um, how were the kids when they saw the movie? Yeah, good. No, they really liked it. Did they feel like yeah. they were um, well, uh, you know, correctly portrayed, or did they go, "Oh, you're not like that," or <laughs> "Yes, you are." And um, yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the, the whole experience is really cool. Yeah, but you know, again, um, they're kind of like, you know, oh yeah, I've seen the movie. Like, it's like seriously, dude. It's like it's pretty random that you get a film made about you, and yeah, you know, they're like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> They they're just them, they're still just themselves yeah but no they they're really they're stoked that's cool yeah hey loved the books and oh, thank I lo- you there was a lot of things I loved about them loved this one in particular this um, little poem called family yeah. at the start isn't that incredible yeah yeah did you guys find that or yeah. did the writer um, uh, no funnily enough when Cam used to shoot weddings yeah. someone read that poem at a wedding and he thought it was absolutely beautiful. So beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Would you be up for reading that? I haven't got my glasses on, dude. Okay. Well, maybe you, maybe, do you want, you you want me to read yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you have a nice voice. <laughs> I'm blind as a bat. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so this is at the start of the book, Penguin Bloom. The odd little bird who saved a family. Family. As people know, in black Africa and indigenous America, your family is your entire village with all its inhabitants, living or dead. Your relatives aren't only human. Your family also speaks to you in the crackling of the fire, in the murmur of running water, in the breathing of the forest, in the voices of the wind, in the fury of thunder, in the rain that kisses you, and in the bird song that greets your footsteps. Eduardo Galliano. Wow. Cool, hey. That is, that is deep and that is, <laughs> that is beautiful and is perfect for this book and your, your story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tell me a little bit about Penguin, Penguin. and, uh, you know, friendship you two struck up. <laughs> um, well, Noah found Penguin um, outside my mum's house about three months after I got home from hospital. And, yeah, like I said, when I came home, I was in, like, a terrible headspace, you know. I don't know. My whole world had kind of just, yeah, collapsed, I guess. And so, yeah, when we found her, she was so cute and we actually thought if we left her there, she would have died. So, yeah, that's why we picked her up and brought her home. And I don't know, she just brought, like, this beautiful energy into our house and happiness, which was sorely missing, you know. It was almost like I had this dark cloud over me the whole time and I kind of ended up like bringing people down with me, which is an awful thing to do. So, yeah, when we bought Penguin, um, it was like having a little puppy, like this cute little puppy. You know, everyone was so excited and she was so adorable and, you know, we all wanted to look after her and cuddle her. And So, yeah, she just changed the whole dynamic of the household. Wow. Yeah. And did you, did you think she would ever fly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she she was – I mean, her wing was a bit bent. Right. And a little bit wonky, but she'd fallen a long way. But, no, she, you know, we we put her on a really good diet and, you know, made sure she 
was healthy. And <laughs> yeah, no, no, we knew she would fly. Wow. Yeah. And tell me at what point, obviously Cam was taking photos and, you know, all of that. At what point did you think, okay, we're going to make this into a book? And at what point did you think, oh, my God, this book is like a phenomenon? <laughs> oh, well, not for a long time. <laughs> See, I mean, okay, Cam being the photographer, he can't help himself but shoot photos, right? And it was funny because um, at the beginning I'd, I'd say to Cam, don't, you not, don't shoot me because I don't want photos of myself in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah, I was a bit messed up in my head, I guess. I was actually embarrassed, right. embarrassed that I'm in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, I felt like a bit like a geriatric kind of thing. Yeah, right. And so I was like, don't shoot me. And then it was a bit of a joke. We started an Instagram account called Penguin the Magpie just for a bit of fun. And it was just kind of for us. You know, and then Cam would post photos. And then an ABC journalist somehow, I don't know if he saw the Instagram account, but he somehow did a story, wrote a story about Penguin. And that's when it went nuts, which was so, we were laughing. I remember it must have been March 2015 because that was when I got chosen to go onto the para canoe team, like the Australian team. And that's when the whole Penguin thing just went crazy. Like we were getting like emails from people like in India and Israel and all over the world. And we're like, what? It was so weird. And that's when, yeah, publishers kind of contacted Cam and said, we want to do a book. And at first we were like, why would anyone want to like buy a book with photos of us? (laughs) (laughs) So it was all kind of Cam's doing. And then Cam thought about it and kind of went, yeah, okay. And that's when we contacted Bradley Trevor Grieve. Wow. Who Cam met a long time ago. And um, he's an author. He's an Aussie guy who lives in LA. And that's sort of how it all started. So Cam kind of reached out to Bradley and said, what do you think? Yeah. You know, about writing a story. And then um, Bradley's like, yep, I'll do it. Wow. Yeah, it was like beautifully done. Yeah, he's very talented. It's, yeah, it, you know, it was it was teary, a teary read, but a, a beautiful read. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it was um, unreal. It was really yeah. cathartic, I think, for yeah. me because I'd never met Bradley. Right. And so we um, would Skype almost every day for hours. And it was just nice. You know, at first I was pretty guarded. I mean, I didn't know him and I'm not going to kind of tell him exactly what was going on in my head. But, yeah, over time, you know. We just have these amazing conversations and, and I used to write um, some things down on my phone which no one had actually ever seen because it was very, very dark. Right. You know, I wish I'd died. Um, it was all a lot of guilt, you know, feeling like a crappy mum, crappy wife, you yeah. know, just a crappy person in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I sent that to Bradley and he's like, damn, you're really twisted, aren't you? I'm like, I told you. So, yeah, so that's how he kind of got inside my head. Wow. That way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Naomi also, I sent that to Naomi as well. Right. Yeah, just so she also knew kind of how I was feeling Yeah. at the time. Yeah. Wow. I remember saying to Naomi, kind of when they'd almost finished filming, I'm like, mate, you're going to be needing like therapy after this film. God, the poor thing, the amount of time she had to cry and, you know, we sort of just get into that character. It's so. an intense gig, isn't it? That, yeah, that, man, that, super intense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. Wow, gotcha. <laughs> I just remembered another really um, powerful moment and, and it was the end, the song, the Colin Hay song, yeah, Waiting right. for My Real Life to Begin. Huh? That song is one of my favourite all-time songs. Really? I actually, 
I interviewed Colin on the podcast. Oh, no way. And I played two songs on the podcast. Yeah. And that was one of them. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. And we talked a lot about it and I said to him, I've got to tell you, mate, every time I hear this song, I cry. Like <gasps> the first time I heard it, I was like on a freeway or somewhere and the song came on and I was just started sobbing. Oh, wow. I had to pull over. And this is, I don't know, six months ago or something. Yeah. And he said... I can't tell you how many people say that to me. Wow. That they had to pull over, that they were listening to it in the car. And so I thought that was an inspired choice and communicated in an aesthetic way. Yeah. It is is a beautiful song. No, it is a beautiful song. Because I I feel a bit guilty, but I'd never heard it before. Right. Oh, no, that's okay. It's not like it hasn't been a hit per se. I don't don't believe, but it's it's, it's sort of building. uh, Yeah, it's just, it's well well loved, but it's not like it was a radio hit or anything. Yeah, Yeah. no, but you're right. Because when we first saw the film in LA, we we had like a screening, like Mm. just like, it was just like me, Cam and Emma actually and Bradley. And, um, yeah, and that song was there. I was like, God, <laughs> this makes you want to cry. You're right. Yeah. It is. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song and there's something about the way he sings and that part of his voice that, yeah. that is very emotional. Yeah. And, yeah, he's one of my favourite, you know, oh. songwriters and singers. So, anyway, that's sort of that's a bit, cool. bit left field, but I just <laughs> thought of that so I, I thought I'd mention it. I know we're just sort of going all over the place here, but I don't mind. I just like no, having a chat and I don't like sounding like I'm interviewing you. I just uh-huh. like it sounding like we're having a chat. Yeah. Another thing that was powerful, that there was a lot of Naomi and Emma, the, their friends in there. Yeah. Like the friends are their friends. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, it, it was just real. Yeah. It felt authentic, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, gosh, we're so lucky. Like Emma, Bruna and Naomi. I mean, what a team. Yeah, the A-team. Like, yeah, man, 100%. Like, they're phenomenal. So, yeah, can't believe how fortunate we are. That's beautiful. The canoeing. <laughs> the, the life yeah. raft of the, the, of, life of, raft. the, of, the of the canoeing. <laughs> what an amazing journey that's been. Yeah, that was awesome, you know, because I remember when I was at rehab and um, there was this guy and he was just awesome. He was a sports recreational officer and he knew I liked sport beforehand. And, you know, you take me to, like, murder ball. You know murder ball? I don't. Well, it's kind of rugby in a wheelchair, but it's quite aggressive. You know, and they tip over. Like, they literally ram into each other. So he t- used to take me to that and, and wheelchair basketball, and I'm like, no, no, no. And then um, I said to him, maybe I could kayak. And he's like, right. So, yeah, so that's how it started. Wow. Because as far as I was concerned, like, I couldn't do anything that I used to do. Yeah. You know, I couldn't surf, I couldn't play soccer, I couldn't mountain bike ride and all that. So, yeah, so kayaking was a, was a winner. And the competitive aspect of it, how mm. did that kind of come oh, about? God. Did you just start getting faster and faster and they went, you know what, you could compete and it sort of went from there? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, gosh, at first I was like a total snail because I've got no balance because I've got no core. Right. So like paralyzed kind of like from like your bra strap up, I okay. guess. So I've just got my arms. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, again, I was lucky to have Gay as my coach, you know, and she'd always be like tinkering. She's always like trying to fix things and make it better and, you know, glue my rudder so I didn't kind of go left and right like continuously. And, um, yeah, so I was kind of paddling for about a year, just maybe once or twice a week, and then I went in a couple of races and sort of did okay and that's when our training intensified to 
what was it, three times a week and, like, you know, going to the gym a few times. And then I went in another race. That's when the head coach from the Australian Paracanoe team saw me and that's when we got on the team. It was so random, though, because we were out at Penrith at the Regatta Centre. And the next, you know, I'm just with Gay. The next thing, like, the head coach comes down and she's like, okay, right, now in, like, uh, I don't know, in a couple of weeks you're going to go to Queensland, you're going to go to the training camp, and then you're going to go to Italy. And Gay and I are like, what? Like, he was so out of the blue. But it was so exciting because it was, like, kind of the first time since my accident that I had a goal. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Like, before, you know, they would be like, oh, you know, how are you? And I'd be like, yeah, you know, fine. Because I had nothing to say because I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, right. And then once I got on team, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Queensland, you know, next week for the training and then I'm going to Italy. And, yeah, so it was just – it was awesome. It was good for my head. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Did you um, – you would have met Curtis McGrath? Um, Kurt? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how He's, do you know Kurt? I directed some ads with him. Did you? Yeah, for, for Swiss, actually with Dylan, oh, yeah, Dylan and a few yeah, of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, I directed the Paralympic campaign uh, for Swiss for the last – Swiss Vitamins, yeah, you know, the yeah, wellness Yeah, 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 because I know you yeah, who's yeah. sponsored by them. Yeah, for the last Olympics. Oh, that's so yeah. weird. Isn't he we, just the best? Yeah, beautiful guy. My God. Yeah. He's yeah. amazing. He's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, he is, isn't he? God, yeah. Yeah. No, that was a real treat. And Dylan. Yeah, I met Dylan briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a, a character. Pack. Isn't he? Oh, my God. Yeah, he's, he's like, uh, you know, rock star, stand up uh-huh. comedian uh-huh. kind of. He's a dude. classic. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's great to see him doing so well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Gosh, small world, huh? Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and tell me about the, like, the spinal research. What's the name of the organisation again? Um, Spinal Cure Australia. Spinal Cure Australia. Yeah. So you've been doing a bunch of work with them and help. Yeah. Oh, yes and no? Yeah, or no, just no, no, some proceeds do. go from uh, the book yeah. to them? Yeah, so 10% of the royalties of the books go to, yep. go to Spinal Cure Australia. Cool. And if it's in like um, in Europe, like our book's out in Europe and that goes for Wings for Life. Okay, gotcha. So it's the same thing. It's just to raise money for um, so they can put it into research yeah, yeah, to great. find a cure. Gotcha. Whenever that will happen. <laughs> well, it's sort of, I mean, it, you know, a little while ago I would have thought, oh, yeah, well, that's a long way off. But then recently I read a book and look, it's a work of, um, of fiction, but it was this book and it's, it's full of these short stories where they, um, it's set at different times in the future. One's yeah. like set one chapter or story set 10 years in the future, then there's another one 50 and then there's another one sort of 100. Yeah. And... The name of it's eluding me. It's like more beautiful, faster, stronger or something like that. Yeah. And the story is based on a piece of technology or something and how it's changed people's lives. And yeah. many of them are to do with medical changes. Yeah, How right. certain advances in medicine will change society and life. Yeah. And it was brilliantly written and it totally gave me an insight into the fact that these things will get solved mm. They will find cures for these things and these problems and solve structural problems and all the rest of it. And I was kind of like, wow, yep. it was encouraging. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> it, it will get nutted out. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, in your time, I don't know. Yeah. No, but, I, I agree. Yeah. I think they will find a cure. Yeah. It's just going to take a long time. Right. But that's okay. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, I always say, like, I was kind of lucky, right? unlucky but lucky you know I was 41 when I had my accident and up until that time I had done everything I wanted to do obviously I had a very very long list of what I still wanted to do but you know I traveled you know a lot you know married had kids yes and 
you know, like when I meet like these young people, you know, like teenagers, you know, man, that breaks my heart yeah. because I know it is, it's, it's a soul destroying in, like injury. Yeah. Like it seriously sucks. And mm. yeah. And when I meet the young, like young people think, God, it's so unfair. Mm. Like their life is just beginning. Yeah. So yeah. So they need to find a cure for the young people yeah. so they can get up and get li- like living again. Yeah. It would be so awesome. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine all the millions of people around the world. Imagine how life-changing that would be. I had no idea that there was the, the numbers. that you can't, heaps. can't remember them offhand, but I was like, what? Yeah, around that, the world it's yeah. like millions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. And as you pointed out in the book, that it's majority often young men. Young men. I know. I know. When I was in rehab, I was... There was a couple older ladies, but yeah, I was it. The only chick. But yeah, they were, they were. They were all young men. And it's, yeah, it's so... It's, Bloody sad. Far out. Yeah. <laughs> um, surfing. Yeah. Loved you with the handles on the board, getting <laughs> getting out in the surf. Yeah. Is that something you're still doing now? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Because that you're a goofy footer, weren't you? Yeah. 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 How did you know? I oh saw, yeah, because she's yeah, a goofy in the movie. And it's in our book, I think, as Is well. It? Yeah. yeah, that was when I was in the Maldives. Okay, yeah, I can't no. remember. I'm a goofy footer too, uh, so there, hey, there goofy you go. Goofy footer's rule, <laughs> <laughs> That just looked fantastic. The feeling of getting back out there, even though it must yeah. be pretty confronting because you, you're yes, you're hanging on. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's awesome. Yeah, because I've grown up surfing. Yeah. And so um, after the accident, I remember it was like the first summer and we're up at Palm Beach and Cam took me for a swim and our friend was out there and he's like, oh, come on, Sam, get on my board, you know, you used to surf. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. And then he goes, come on, so I think, all right. And so I got on and then, you know, he pushed me on a wave. I'm like, nah, that's not surfing. So, you know, it took me five years to get back out on a board. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty stubborn. I'm wow. calling him not. And so um, how it kind of happened is um, I got this letter from Nola Wilson um, who's the mum of Julian Wilson, a professional surfer. I actually just saw the photo of you with Julian on um, oh, yeah, your, on your Instagram today. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mate, I can thank Nola, like, wow. from the bottom of my heart. She's the one who pushed me back into getting out in the water. Wow. So she sent this letter, like, I'd ne- obviously never met her before, just going, I know you love the ocean and, you know, you should really oh. get back out there. It'll be really good for you. And I'm like, all right. And so I did. So... Um, we're really lucky. So Cam got me this, just a short board and we kind of glued a handle on the front. And um, and Tom Carroll, who lives you know, yeah, just, in Avalon. Just a world champ. Yeah. Tom, Tom Carroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julian Wilson, Tom Carroll. I know. Who else? Kelly Slater took you out. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've no. still got to have goals. Yeah, Fit, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so Tommy um, came out in the water with us, with Cam and I, and he was pushing me on waves. Oh. And it was just unreal because Noah, um, Noah's the only, you know, he's the only one who surfs. And, oh, again, sorry, going back to the first summer, you know, he'd grab his board and he'd, and he'd um, go, oh, I'm just going for a surf. And then he'd look at me and go, oh, I'm sorry, Mum, I know you'd love to go surfing. And then I yeah. felt like, again, the yeah. guilt. You know, I'd be like, dude, just go catch a sick wave and that will make me happy. And so when I got back into it, like we were, in, we were surfing together, Oh. you know, and it was just so much fun. That's awesome. So that's how it started. Wow. And yeah. And then when was it? 2018, I went in my first competition, like the Adaptive Australian Titles, I think it was called. I don't know. It was Adaptive Surfing. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Oh, it's yeah. like 
You won, was it? I didn't win then. I, did, I got on the team then. Okay. So I was on the Australian Adaptive Surf Team. Yep. And then in December that year, we went to America. And that's where I um, competed at the World Championships. And yeah, I went against the boys and the girls, <laughs> which was super cool. And you won there. I won with the girls. Yep. And um, I just came third. I almost got second. This little Brazilian kid beat me. I went, damn you. <laughs> but, you know, it was so, so much fun. So, yeah, so he got third in the Opens and, f- yeah, first wow. in the women's. And wow. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the best, man. It's the best. It's the best event. It's, the, the energy is incredible, you know, because there's people from all around the world. And, you know, obviously everyone has a story. Yeah. You know, like there's people missing limbs and obviously spinal and blind people. And, oh, it's just the best. Everyone's so stoked yeah. and happy. And you feel normal. Yeah. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. But, yeah, you just feel normal and... Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And I love competing. I bet you do. Yeah, and I'm pretty competitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah, and we were lucky. Last year we just snuck in in March uh, in San Diego. We competed again. So that was super cool. So wow, just before. Just before COVID. Well, I mean, COVID kind of hit. Yeah, right. So like, I think it was literally days. If it was days later, they would have canned it. Wow. So we just snuck in. So, yes, yeah, so I won again. So two-time world champion. I'm like, yay. Well, <laughs> Did you tell Julian that? Um, sorry, dude. Yeah, uh. yeah well, Nola was watching. <laughs> I mean, she's just unreal. So she was so excited. It was funny because in 2018, I was competing in um, California and, and Jules was competing at Pipeline. So, you know, she was kind of watching both of us. She's so lovely, you know. She's like, I'm so proud of both of you and – yeah, she's almost like another mum. Wow. Again, that's the thing, man. Kind people. Yeah. There are so many kind people. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're absolutely right. There was a, a quote out of the book I really liked. Being optimistic is simply a choice made possible by being creative and proactive. <laughs> that's one of your quotes, isn't it? Yeah. Be like from Cam and I. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that and kind of resonated with me i mean the end of the day it is a choice isn't it yeah and um i don't know it's a good thing to be reminded that one it's pretty hard to <laughs> live with that all the time isn't it? it's like a bitter pill to swallow at yes. times yeah definitely but yeah no it's true yeah it is a choice i mean like you know sure i could have stayed home and hidden in my bubble which in a way at the beginning i probably would have but Again, I'm lucky and I've had amazing support and people kind of pushing me, yeah. you know, to get out there and, yeah, get creative and give it a go. Good on you. Yeah, give it a go. It's a bit of an Aussie spirit, isn't it? That, like, just that, give it a go. That is, that, that is one of our finest phrases, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's another one I really liked. But we are so much more than the sum of our fragile parts. We're all our journeys, hopes and dreams clad in mortal wrapping paper. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. I'm, I'm, it's pretty I'm, deep. Yeah, that's pretty deep. I'm just, you know, that stuck with me, that one. Yeah, the book's powerful. I recommend yeah. anyone out there <laughs> listening. <laughs> Penguin Bloom, the odd little bird who saved a family, and Sam Bloom, Heartache and Bird Song. They're both really beautiful. Thank you. You know, the best thing about the film and the books are the messages I've received off people. Right. Like seriously all around the world. 
Like, I was telling Glendon, like the director, I think it was last week or week before, I'm like, mate, you have no idea how your film has helped people. Like, people, like, they'll write, they'll write to me and just go, thank you. They're like, thank you, because I don't feel so alone. Or, like, you know, if they're having, like, if they're struggling with whatever it may be, they're like, your film's kind of given me a bit of a kick up the bum to kind of appreciate little things and, and to live, to live my life. I thought, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's very cool. You know, it's nice to think that the film has helped people. Yeah, I think I probably have a different viewpoint on disability since watching the film. Yeah, right. As well. I was kind of like, okay, right. It sort of percolated for a few days after and then as I was thinking about chatting with you, yeah. at first I was like, oh, I don't know, this could be really difficult. I don't want to sort of say yeah, something say and offend her. Thing, I don't want to, yeah. It's like I don't want to be blah, yeah, blah, blah. Man. And then I was just like, hang on, hang yeah. on. She's a person. Exactly. And you can I'm just, bag me that, out. You can say what you want. That's right. And yeah. I'm not going to be careful. Yes. That, that's kind of what good. I, I like that. where I got to. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think others may have had that. Yeah. That thought as well. I hope so. Yeah, because you don't you don't want everyone to just kind of tread lightly around you and you know, and give you that pity look. Yeah, you want it to just be normal. And yeah, I mean, sure, at the beginning, some people, and that was just probably where I was at, did say some things where I'm kind of like, you serious? Like, yeah, one in particular. Should I say it? And no, it, no, no hey, it wasn't, no, no. no, it wasn't even me. <laughs> oh, right, but right. But it was just like, dude, I can't believe you said that to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was like, again, you don't have to F with this in if you don't like, but it was my first summer. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a friend. And anymore. And, um, you know, she rang me and she's like, do you need anything? And I'm like, no. She goes, do you want to come to the beach? I'm like, no, I'm cool. But I didn't want to be piggybacked down in front of everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's cool with Cam, but yeah. no one else. You know, I'm like, no, no, thanks. I'm, I'm okay. And then she goes, um, oh, you know, so you sure you don't want anything? I'm like, no, I'm fine. And then she goes, oh, I guess all you need are legs at work. And I'm kind of like, dude, for real? <laughs> like, I've been out of hospital for like how long? And, and I can't believe you said that. So, yeah, that, oh, I was that's like, rough. God, uh, I can't believe anyone, that would come out of your mouth. But, uh, but if someone said that to me now, I would actually think that's kind of funny and yeah. probably just tell them to bugger off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? too, that was too soon. It was too soon. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you do have to be careful what you say to people. Uh, and I'm always pretty mindful, like if you do meet someone. Yeah. Because I do. I bag the crap out of myself and I say inappropriate things. But I would never say that to someone else in a wheelchair. Well, that's probably a pretty good point to wrap up dude yeah thank you for deciding to live thank you i did it for the kids okay i can thank the boys for thank them. you and thank you for sharing your story thank you six degrees of separation hey well probably a little less in this case i really enjoyed my chat with sam she is a genuine everyday hero so too a husband cam what a man huh if you haven't seen the movie Penguin Bloom, then do yourself a favour. Likewise, the book. And actually, there's a sequel to the book, which is out now, Sam Bloom, Heartache and Birdsong. This is where Sam tells her own story, and it's once again combined with Cam's extraordinary photography. For details, head to Sam's website, sambloom.com.au, also penguinthemagpie.com, and Cam's website, bloomphotography.com and the links are in the show notes. If you're enjoying the blank canvas, don't be shy, tell your friends and share it on social media. Until next week, live large. 
The Blank Canvas is produced by Lee Rogers and me, Rin MacDonald, with audio support by Jason Murphy at Gas Inc. and music by Rodrigo Bustos. This has been a Millevich production.